What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. A very, very, very special episode of the Hogline Podcast. Three varies. Three varies. For triple digits. For tri- there we go. Jack just alluded to, this is our 100th episode. I can't, we made it. Yeah. Our, uh, our two-year anniversary was just last month. And in that time, we have done 99 episodes up until this one. This is our 100th episode. And I, I'm proud of us. We made it. I'm so happy. Come a long way. Think about us when we started. I went through two divorces, seven jobs. You know, you dropped out of college. Dropped out of college. Um, yeah, yeah, we've, we've had a rough time. Um, <laughs> um, no, but anyway, I mean, I think back to the very first episode. I listen to it sometimes, and I, I'm like, what am I doing? This is Oof. this is a very good. When I played the Kanye intro music for a minute and 45 seconds. <laughs> um, to our second episode, when we, we didn't even record with headphones, we just put our phone out on the table and we just spoke. Our audio is probably so bad then. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, back to other times later on, shortly after that, when we would, uh, I would play the music on my laptop and I would stick my phone up to it. And that's how we would get the music. So yeah, we, we have two I didn't know copy, I'd do anything co- in the beginning. Two copyright strikes and one more and everything could have gotten deleted because you posted too many, posted too many Kanye songs. Right. So the growing pains. A lot, a lot has changed since those, uh, june of 2018 days yeah yeah um but yeah i just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened anyone who's you know been on the show anyone who's uh wears our merch and our hats and shirts and everything true anyone who's ever you know told their friends and family about the show um just everyone that's just been a part of this whole thing it's really been great um and i can't thank you guys enough yeah a second everything you said it's been awesome yeah it really has um yeah i mean you weren't even a a regular co-host in the beginning you came along like i don't know how like barely a few months after um i was actually thinking about that like not like today like i kind of just like forced myself being into into being a a co-host i was on like obviously a a bunch uh, several and then i was just like all right i'm gonna be a co-host now i, just I came in that, and dominated i just think it's better because you know i think a, sh- a good show has to at least has multiple hosts right definitely you know? yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much what i said i just <laughs> i humbly said that the show's just better when i'm here so no yeah. i agree i mean i i solo episodes are just very uh i don't know they're just not as fun yeah. I still, I still do it, and I still, uh, I would, I would do it, and I like it. Uh, but it's, it's interesting. Just, I don't know. No, I mean, I don't know anyone who's really just talking. You're just literally talking to yourself for right, yeah. a period of time. That's why I love Stephen A's podcast, where he just talks to himself for two hours. Yeah, I mean, we can all, <laughs> and just yells. We can't just all live up to Stephen A. He's, he's a once in a lifetime uh, personality. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I mean, it, it's been great. I mean, what's your, what would you say your favorite, uh, what, what, what moment sticks out to you or what's your favorite memory over the past hundred episodes? Do you have one? Let me think of one. You put me on the spot. Let me, would you have anyone in mind or no? Um, I mean, there's a ton, but I mean, I, I, 
I'm proud of all the work we did with the Jeopardy episodes. That was True. that was a ton yeah. of work. We created so many created so many questions from scratch. Um and that was just such such a fun time just like, you know, having our friends compete in a in a game show that we created. Um recording from the beach. And then that, that guy with the chairs came over and interrupted us. Sure, yeah, recording on the beach. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, the seagulls in the background and just the, the waves. That was yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Um but yeah, just I, I think uh one that I whenever my favorite episodes that I love listening back to are when we have Joey on, just because I love making fun of him. Also, we should have said thank you to Joey. Joey deserves a public shout out on this. I mean he does just as much work i'd say as we do or close to it and i mean we definitely couldn't have done this without him at all you know yeah, he, i mean he he started from i think it was like episode nine or ten that he started editing the podcasts right yeah um and i mean yeah i i he knows a lot more than i do so i right, would yeah uh, this would definitely would not have been possible even close to what we're doing now without him so thank you joey yeah thank you so much um yeah i mean there's there's you know technical glitches happen or you know people misspoke or or whatever but he always fixes it and you the listeners can't even tell you know yeah i listen i i go back to a point uh when we were recording and i know that we messed up or something like that and i go back and listen to it after it's all done and i'm like wow that you would you would literally never even know that that happened so yeah joey's the best uh best editor in the podcasting game definitely yeah yeah um anyway what you're about to listen to we got a very very uh we got a great treat for you guys very special guest um you'll be hearing this interview in, in a, just a few minutes here but we interviewed ari Coslow, um the runner he runs the instagram page uh fantasy.footballexpert and i uh i've been following him for years I probably since like 2015 or 16. Um, and I just, he's just literally so knowledgeable and, um, I had a great time talking to him. I, I gotta be honest. I was a little starstruck. He's just like, he's like a celebrity <laughs> in my eyes. He's so, he's great. He's like the best. He's just like the best in the game, in my opinion. So he really is. He knows his stuff. And it's mo- what I find most impressive about him is that how young he is. Like he's been doing this. He's my, my age. Exactly. I think, um, and he's been running this football uh, fantasy football expert account for five years now. He started when he was 15. And, like, he's been in, like, the fantasy expert leagues. Like, he wins fantasy expert leagues when he was, like, 16 and all. Like, going, beating grown adults who do this for a profession. You know, I, I, that's what I admire most. That's pretty cool. Right. So, if you guys are not familiar with him, you should definitely check him out on Instagram. I mean, he's literally – he's the only – person you should get advice from like I, you can just yeah. literally just listen to it's just uh you can listen to his podcast or you know just read his post on instagram and you'll get so you'll you'll just get so much smarter when it comes i definitely to agree football. if there's one person that i'd recommend for fancy voice definitely him yeah yeah and like in the four or five years that i've been following him there's like every single day there's there's posts like he never lacks content never yeah, lacks, he like pumps and it's always content. quality yeah. too it's never it's so in depth. So, um, it was just a pleasure talking to him. I mean, we asked him all kinds of things, um, just talked about the coronavirus and just the NFL season in general. 
Um, and just, you know, we got, we asked him some uh, advice on some players and who he likes this year and who he doesn't. Yeah. So great interview. Um, it was a great way to, uh, you know, put out our hundredth episode. So I hope you guys enjoy and um, you have anything else to say or else we can you know, get right to the episode here. Yeah, it's pretty much it. Just what you said before, if anyone, um, I, we're always open to any, I mean, if you even if you want to be on the show or if you have any uh, guests in mind that you think would be good for the show or any topics you want to talk about, definitely. I mean, we've always said that before. Just let us know. We'd love to hear from anyone. But yeah, definitely. Again, as what you said before, thanks to everyone who's listened, shared, you know, support us at all. It's pretty awesome. Exactly. Um, yeah, you're right. We. We're, we're, I'm going to try to, you know, reach out to more people, people that we've never met before and just um, people that we're a fan of their work. We're just going to try to see if we can get them on the show. So have a lot of different interesting guests um, coming for you guys because we're going we're gonna to ask a bunch of people and reach out to them. So, yep. but yeah, like, like Jack said, whatever you want, we're, we're, the, we're the people's podcast. We, we want to please you guys and whatever you guys want to hear, we'll we'll try people. our best to talk about and if we don't know that much about it we'll try to bring someone on that does like yeah. like, like, we, like me and you don't know that much about hockey right um so that's why you know we brought on the two people that you know know more about hockey than anyone really so yep um yeah exactly all right so without further ado here is our interview with the fantasy football expert all right, we now welcome on Mr. Ari Koslo, a.k.a. the Fantasy Football Expert. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at fantasy.footballexpert. Uh, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. I'm doing pretty well. Thank you guys for having me on. Hey, thanks for joining. It's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, yeah we just uh, – I found out that his, uh, his dad went to Rutgers, and so I, that, that's pretty <laughs> crazy. Uh, all the way in the, on the West Coast, we got some Rutgers connection there. <laughs> um yeah my yeah. dad was born and raised in new york so for most of us it's like like 30, 25 years of life so yeah wow yeah so, yeah all right well the first question i wanted to ask you um just uh how do how obviously you've got a big following on instagram you've got nearly seventy five thousand followers um and what you, you've been doing this for like what like five five years i think yeah just july 17th so just a few days ago was the fifth year of fifth year anniversary if you want to call that of yeah of running it well i i want to know how you know how are you able to grow such a big following when did you start like seeing numbers uh your followers go up and uh what was that whole process like i've been following you for like i don't i think like three years or so but yeah how how was that process yeah it was definitely a slow start you know you see a lot of accounts kind of start with and they have high expectations early on and just give up when it you know when it when you have a trouble because Instagram is like one of the hardest apps to grow with like the algorithm and everything. So it took me like literally about like probably like the first year I was at like maybe like two to 300. So it was definitely a very slow start, but I didn't have those high expectations. Like, you know, when I first started, so I was able to just, I guess, you know, keep, keep going without, you know, just without having the followers in mind and just putting out as much, uh, the best content I can put out without worrying about the followers. And probably 
the by year two is when it started to grow, especially like as we got to like July and August, as the season got closer, as when it started to grow a little bit faster, and then fast forward five years and it's kind of taken off. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. I know you, you've certainly uh, haven't let you all. You just put out like three, you put out like what like three four po- posts a day. I feel like you just and they're also long. Yeah. They're also filled with uh, <laughs> quality and, and quantity right there. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you go to uh, Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, University of Arizona. Nice. Uh, what do you uh, What are you studying there? What do you What do you hope to do uh, when you graduate? Um, so I'm heading into year three next month. Um, I'm majoring in journalism and I'm starting a minor in sports management. Uh, so I've completed most of my journalism classes and now with sports management, I'm getting into like sports marketing classes, which should be up my alley. I'd say I, I had to get through accounting and economics this summer to get into that minor, which are both extremely tough, but, (laughs) um, my that. dad, my dad majored and minored in those two class in, the, in those two subjects, so he's able to help me. And so I got through those, and so now I get into the quote-unquote fun stuff, if you want to call it that. <laughs> and then, so yeah, and then I'm writing for the school newspaper. I've covered the baseball team my freshman and sophomore years, and a little bit of the men's tennis team this past year as well. And then now I'm going to be the assistant sports editor. Uh, this fall for the sports desk so that's another you know good resume builder that I'd highly recommend for any kids looking to get into the sports industry in college just writing for school newspaper is definitely a good um, you know a good resume builder and like with the baseball team I, even as a freshman you get to sit like in the press box with all the local reporters and then you know interview the players and coaches after the game which is definitely a good experience as well in that regard so that's awesome yeah, that's uh, you cool. guys are you guys uh going online this, this in the fall or do you guys do you don't know yet yet or you're yeah like the fork there's like it's up to the professor but there's like four different each class is up to the professor but there's four different possibilities which is like fully in-person social distancing which is like if you have a small enough class i'm guessing that's what, how it's going to work and then the second option is um like hybrid of like some days of the week is online and some days is in person and the third is like live online like zoom like this and then the fourth is like i course is just like do at your own pace online so um i'm taking five classes and four of them are fully online and one is uh the flex in person so it's definitely gonna be a lot of being in my apartment and which is good because it'll give me more time to be on my fantasy account during the season. So yeah, (laughs) instead of having to go across campus all day. And so, yeah. Yeah. This virus just sucks. I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of which I, I, we wanted to ask you, so uh, the coronavirus impact on the NFL um, at this point uh, we're recording at July 21st. um, What percent chance do you give the season of happening? I know a lot of people have different numbers. We wanted to, What's your take on it? What do you think? I think it is going to – I do believe it's going to start on time. It's more so whether or not it finishes, I think, is the bigger question. Today we saw, I think, 95 players tested positive, which isn't that big a number given how many players on, are on every team. But right, yeah. considering we haven't even gone to training camp yet, I think it is still a little bit of concern. So, I mean, no preseason is definitely going to affect, you know, the younger players and the rookies uh from a fantasy perspective but like just for the season as a whole 
you know, it's some, obviously the NFL is not doing any kind of bubble or anything. And it's like the most, it's the sport with the most contact and the yeah. most players on the field, whether you're on the sideline or the field, you know, and every, every week. And they're, they're, they're acting like it's normal, you know, normal circumstances, which is definitely going to, I think, have an effect on whether or not they can finish the season. So it's definitely going to, I'm, I'm like cautiously optimistic. I'll say. Right. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm kind of just blocking out everyone that's saying like, oh, it won't happen. It won't finish. But, you know, yeah, it's not yeah. too realistic. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, we've got like, uh, you know, I think, well, Russell Wilson expressed concern because uh, his wife's pregnant. And I think it was Demarcus Lawrence, I think, was the other one who said the mm-hmm. same thing, uh, how he has yeah. a pregnant girlfriend or pregnant wife. Um, so, yeah, we could see guys opt out. Um, I'll, hopefully there's – I mean, I hope no one does. But, I mean, there could be some big names – and that would kind of suck as well. I'm kind of like, I don't know. I, I think it's going to start definitely, but I just don't know if it's going to finish. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, going back and forth on that. Um, how do you, how would you, uh, how would you say this impacts like leagues per se? Like um, I know some people, some leagues I've heard are going to do like whoever has the you know best record if it ends week eight or, or whatever like that. What do you, I don't know. I, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable crowning like a champion of my league if the season just ended abruptly, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think? What are you going to do in your league? How about the throne league? What have you guys discussed about that or anything? Yeah, we haven't. I mean, personally, like if I was league manager, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't crown champion either if the season ended in the middle of the year, just because, you know, there's not, there's not enough games to be played to crown a quote unquote champion. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's, yeah, I haven't thought about it, like, about how the, you know, how a fantasy uh, for my leagues, but personally, I wouldn't crown a champion, but, you know, I mean, obviously, this is uncharted territory for all of us involved, so I think, you know, I think a couple of IR spots would be ideal um, to, you know, if, if you have a couple of players that test positive during, during the season, because it's like a three-week minimum, I believe, that they're going to miss, so that's, you know, that's a sign, especially because, you know, most leagues, the regular season is only like 13 weeks. So that's like a quarter of the regular season missed yeah. right there. So, Tough. yeah, I mean, there's, there's only so much we can do, you know, but I don't think I would crown champion personally if if the season was like cut short in like week seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Yeah, no one really knows what to do during these times. It's kind of tough. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we see you got your Seattle Supersonic shirt and we see some Seattle in the background. We ought to ask. What do you think of the Seahawks this year? How far do you think they can go? I mean, I think – I mean, we saw them last year lose against Green Bay in the divisional round, and I always say, that, like, I want them to just let Russell Wilson control the game because last year in that game, because, you know, they kept they kept trying to establish the run game, they fell behind 21 nothing at halftime. Yeah. And then once they finally let Wilson lose in the second half, they came back at the end and lost by, I think, seven. And so when they let Wilson lose – you know, it was a little too late at that point. But if they let him loose the whole game, I, I fully believe that they would have beat Green Bay in that game. <laughs> and then, you know, we saw them uh, – the two games against San Francisco during the regular season were both down to the wire. So, yeah. you know, they could have easily won that game. So, I mean, as long as Wilson's healthy, I think, you know, this, the, they can go to the Super Bowl as long as Wilson's healthy. And not to mention the whole backfield was injured during that sure. playoff too. So, hopefully they can stay healthy. So, I mean, I think, you know, they go as far as Wilson goes, you know, so I'm I'm hopeful that they'll let him loose a little bit more 
this year, especially especially with the injuries to running backs last year. But with, as long as Sean Heimer's the offensive coordinator, I'm still a little bit skeptical about whether or not they'll do that because, you know, when they back in Marshawn Lynch and the Legion of Boom days, you, you could rely on that run game. But obviously times have changed. The defense is not nearly as yeah, dominant. Definitely. So you have to roll with how your team is changing. So I'm hopeful that they'll let Wilson loose a little bit more and Metcalf and Lockett loose a little bit more. But, you know, I think as long as Wilson's healthy and doing his thing, I think they, you know, they can go as far as, as, far as he can bring them. Right. We're, uh, we're from the Philadelphia area, so a lot of our, our friends are Eagles fans, but we're not. Uh, we're, uh, we're Steelers fans, so we were happy when uh, you guys took care of them last year in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you guys think about the Steelers this year? Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Jack and just other Steelers fans are kind of optimistic for Ben, but I don't, I don't know. I don't want to call – I don't want to say I'm doubting him, uh, but I don't know if he'll be able to – return to his form I know I don't know I'm just a little nervous about him but we can win eight games with with Hodges and Rudolph right. um, in theory should be able to yeah like I have to think that eight games is our floor like we have with our defense with our defense carrying us like I think like adding Roethlisberger over as Mitchell said uh Hodges and Rudolph like that's gotta add at least like one or two games which is Nine and seven could make the playoffs, especially this year. That's the seventeen playoffs. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And Juju and Connor both hurt last year too. So if they True. can stay healthy, and that as well, they're yes. both yeah. they're both on contract years, I believe. So they have a they more are. motivation to stay healthy and produce. So yeah, I definitely. I think they can. I think they can win eleven games this year. If, if I think it's all rides on whether or not Ben is healthy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh. So yeah. One question I just want to make sure we asked you as well. Um, just the kind of debate versus Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf in terms of fantasy this year. Um, I know, I think I know your answer because I, I follow you and I've got, I've got your post notifications on, so I don't miss anything. And I think you are more higher on Metcalf, especially at the cost. Um, but yeah, you want to expand upon that? I'm, I'm a Tyler Lockett dynasty owner, so I'm kind of hoping he still remains the one. But uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of like a 1A, 1B type situation. So I, I still think that Lockett will still be, especially if they do throw the ball a little bit more this year, which I'm hoping they will. And I think they can both be, you know, top 15 to top 20, like both of them in that range. But I think that Metcalf from a pure, you know, physical dominance is the more, you know, prototypical wide receiver one. Yeah. I think, you know, he he had 900 yards last year and that was with a few like huge drops that were like, you know, 50 yard passes. So he could easily had a thousand yards last year. I think, you know, focus will improve as he gets more experience. And I think that down the stretch of the, down the stretch of the year last year, Wilson kind of leaned on him a little bit more in the, in the game against the Eagles in the wild card game. Uh, Metcalf sealed that game. It was like third and 10 on their own 20 and Wilson just lofted a, like a 30 yard pass on field with two goals of punters on Metcalf and he still came down with this. So I think that that shows the confidence and rapport that they have together that he's willing in a playoff game, uh, you know, third and 10 on your own like 20 in a one position game to have the confidence in him to come down with that ball. So I do think that Metcalf will edge out Lockett this year from a fantasy perspective. I still think that Lockett Especially if he stays in the slot, you know, the rapport he has with Wilson is undeniable. So I still think that Lockett will – I mean, I think they'll both be a little bit volatile just given the nature of the offense. Mm -hmm. But I do like Metcalf better than Lockett this year, and I know it's an unpopular opinion, but 
I think that, you know, it's one of the things where you, you don't think it'll happen and before it happens. And then once it happens, people will be like, why didn't I see this happening? But yeah, that's, that's how I see it. Right. Yeah. I don't want to dig on the Eagles too much, but I, I love that play that you were referring to. Where <laughs> I just that. We were, uh, I was watching at the airport. So I was yeah. very excited. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, you know, this is another type of, uh, you know, asking guys you like who uh, at, at their preferred. Oh, wait. Um, sorry. Yeah. No, let's go with that one. Uh, who uh, who do you who do you have to have on your team this year? Like, who are your guys? Like at their current ADP, like what do you uh, like? What's a va- like good value you think right now? Uh, I'd say. A couple of stand out uh, McLaurin and round five. I like a lot this year. I think that. You know, I think even if you don't believe in Haskins, I think that his just route running is, and you know, the target trade you're going to see will help overcome the quarterback situation. So, I mean, he's a clear wide one. That's going on a team. I think it's going to throw the ball a lot. So the target here, you're not going to find that in round five from anybody else. I think so. I do think that Haskins get paid a little a little bit too much just because of how poor the situation was last year, and he did show a little bit more confidence as the year went on. And, you know, with the – I mean, I say a full offseason to work, but I guess it's not really a full offseason technically. But, I mean, either way, and, you know, more experience. And, you know, he they played together at Ohio State in college. So they already had that rapport locked in together. So, I think that McLaurin in round five. And then Boyd, Tyler Boyd in round, like, seven team going, I like a lot. You know, and uh, our were two last two years. And last year was abysmal. I think that you know, even if you even if you expect Joe Burrow to start off slow, I think he's still upgrade over what it was last year. Definitely. And we saw we saw what Justin Jefferson did in the slot last year with Burrow at LSU, and that's where Boyd will be lining up. So I think that Boyd, like he's going as like a washer three when he's been washer two the last two years in a worse situation, worse offense. So I think that those two stand out to me like in that like middle round range. Right. Yeah, I love Tyler Boyd. I, I mean, former uh, Pitt player. I go to Pitt, so I've I've liked him for a while. And he's I'm also a dynasty owner of Tyler Boyd. Yeah. And again, with I I like McLaurin too, especially uh, a few weeks ago, or maybe a week ago or so. Uh, Kelvin Harmon uh, will be out for the year, so that's definitely more targets up for grabs there for him. Sure. Yeah. What are your uh, What are your thoughts on Clyde Edwards Alaire? I I I've just gotten into a lot of. I've actually gotten into arguments on your on a post of yours that you made of Clyde, uh, and I have it bookmarked. So once Clyde has an amazing year, I'm going to go back to it and and uh, call that guy out. But what, share uh, with the listeners what your what are your thoughts on him uh, this year, the Chiefs' uh, first round running back. Yeah, I definitely think that you know with no preseason, it is possible that he'll start off slow. Yeah. For the first few weeks, but I think eventually, you know, talent will overrule, you know, the situation. Obviously, you know, the offense is undeniable, and I think that, you know, I, I think it will it will be a pretty clear committee to start off the season. But even then, like, in that offense, I think that just get – I think he'll be the pass catcher for the most part. So, when you've combined that with – I mean, even on, like, let's say he gets, like, 13, 14 touches in, like, week one, like, in that offense, he can, you know, break loose any time he catches the ball, like, given how much the rushing lines will be open. And, you know, we, I mean, this is not taking anything away from Damian Williams, but I don't see why the Chiefs would take him in round one if they were planning on using Williams a lot. I think that, you know, with Williams entering free agency next offseason, I think he'll slowly be phased out as the year goes on. So I think that, you know, I think with like a lot of rookie running backs, it can be like a slow start and like a league winner in the second half of the year. 
I think that, you know, even if Eric Hilaire sees like a workload like 15 touches uh, or even a little bit less early on, I think that you know, if you compare him in the late second, early third with the elite RB1 that will, you know, like McCaffrey gives you like RB1, RB2 numbers combined. And I think Barkley will too. So if you can combine that with, you know, Edward Hilaire, what he'll do in the second half of the year, I think that, you know, that's something that can, that's not a strategy that can win your league in that if you have a, like a top three or top two pick this year. Right. I've been, I've been doing that a lot of my mock drafts. I've been just going super running back heavy. And like you said, pairing him with like McCaffrey or Saquon or Zeke or Kamara. And then I've even going like running back, running back, running back, going like one of those guys, maybe like Eckler in the end of the second and then like Clyde in the third. And I just, I think that's great. Um, especially in a year where you, there could be even more players with, with COVID or just more injuries. So anything can really happen. So I think maybe, uh, running depth, running back depth may be the way to go. Um, yeah, you want to ask him the other question, Jack? Oh uh, yeah. So kind of going off of what we asked before, um, any players that stand out specifically at ADP? Which players do you want to? Are you currently like? Would you be looking to avoid at their current ADP? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, any player if they fall far enough, well, I'll be able to take them. But I think that. One player for me is Leonard Fournette this year. The last two years, I've been, you know, right on him. Two years ago, I was avoiding him. Last year, I was targeting him. So, you know, take you can take what you want with that. But um, I think that, you know, the Jaguars don't want him. They declined fifth-year option, and they were trying to trade him. Nobody wanted him. Yeah. But I think that it, it would not shock me if he gets traded in the middle of the year. And, you know, that could be really good or that could be really bad. I'd bank on being really bad because there's no team right now that like needs a clear starter. So he's going to be in a committee wherever he goes, if he is traded right. and either way, um, he's going to lose a lot of the passing down work. They saw last year with Chris Thompson, Jacksonville, uh, reuniting with Gruden, the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. So he's going to lose that. I get the argument that like the touchdowns can go up. He only saw three last year, but I just think that, the amount of red flags he comes with like outweighs that potential gain touchdowns on an offense that, you know, is not going to be very good. They're going to, I mean, I think, you know, there's going to, there's value to be found because they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, but with Fournette's not seeing that work in a passing game uh, and he's extremely inefficient too in the passing game. So if he just, if he just doesn't see that type of volume in the passing, in the passing game, then it's going to make him, you know, too risky for me in that like mid to late second round where he's going. He's not even the most efficient runner either. I feel like he is kind of like hover. He, I don't know. I don't know the exact numbers, but I feel like he usually hovers around like the upper threes for yards per carry. So I feel like he's just strictly a volume kind of guy. Right. Um, yeah, that's definitely a good one. I, I just got an alert uh, that the NFL actually only had 59 positive cases instead of 95. Oh, good. So, you know, that's <laughs> – They, uh, they, yeah. they swapped the numbers, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the reporter originally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, who am I avoiding? I'm going to, I'm going to pull up some quick ADP right now. Um, hmm. you know, Fournette's definitely a good one though. I mean, I, I've, I've, I mean, I do a ton of mock drafts. I'm kind of addicted, uh, but I, I never get him. I feel like I'm just always staying away. So that could definitely be right. He kind of um, goes in that like weird range this year, like in the, like mid to late second round, it's kind of like a no man's land. I feel like it's like, you could argue like guys going in like the late third, early fourth, Hold just as upside of those guys going to late second, early thirds. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a weird range this year. Exactly. I um, got a 
a similar, I guess, uh, same division. I know me, Mitchell, I have argued about this before. What do you think about David Johnson this year? I'm not a fan of him. I think that he was, I think he was extremely, you know, he was like a top five running back last year when he was quote unquote healthy. We don't know if he was bench or injured or whatnot, but he in that span, Arizona was top five in the league in targets to the running back position. And he now moves to a team that's been bottom four every year while he's been in the league. I do think that, you know, that will change. They won't be bottom four again after trading Hopkins and bringing David Johnson. But I think that he was extremely, I think he's clearly lost up as a runner. Um, and, you know, I think he'll definitely see the volume on the early downs. But then in the passing game, you still have Duke Johnson there, who I think will have, you know, some role. I think Johnson will still see more targets. But I think Johnson will have some role. And um, and I think that, you know, I think Houston will have to go from, like, bottom five to top five and targeting running backs. I think I don't think that's realistic. I think even if they go from, like, bottom five to, like, middle of the league, I think that Johnson's inefficiency behind what's still a pretty bad offensive line as a runner and less work in the passing game is going to hurt him. So, I, mean, I think it's going to be, like, I think it'll still be, like, a – low on RB2. I think like, like like what we saw from like Le'Veon Bell last year where he was still like an RB16, okay. but yeah. like if you owned him, it didn't feel like he was RB16 because he just didn't have any like huge games. Yeah. I think like, you know, volume will keep him in that like top 20 range, I'd say, but I don't think he holds a ceiling that some like, a lot of people think he possesses this year. Right, yeah, just the name value of David Johnson, you think he might be better than he actually is, and I, um, I think it was on one of your posts I saw that he hasn't had a rushing game of a 100-yard rushing game since 2017 or 16. Was that one of yeah. your posts, do you remember? I might have, yeah, I don't if know I remember correctly. Yeah, I believe I, Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a crazy stat that, like, yeah. I don't know, you wouldn't think that that's actually true. <laughs> I yeah. uh, Just to play devil's advocate, just I, I agree with you, though. I, I'm not taking David Johnson. I'm not really on him this year. The difference was when you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, last year he was going in like that end of first round range and he really just disappointed because you draft him for your first round pick and then, you know, he disappoints and was a low end RB2. I mean, I guess David Johnson's not really going that high. So maybe like, you know, where he's going, he could kind of be a value, but still, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, um, like round four, I consider him, but like even like round three, I'm taking like Carson, Todd Gurley, Edward Tolaire, like, Bell, Melvin Gordon, like I'm taking those running backs in round three over Johnson. So like, like I said before, uh, and he's another guy I'm avoiding, like that I didn't mention before. But like, like I said before, like if a player falls far enough, then they are worth taking a certain value. So like, for me, that's like around like late round three, early round four, in like a 12 team league for Theo Johnson, if he were to fall that far. Right. I know you're you're not even a, a big Aaron Jones guy either, but I know uh, we took him in the throne league just because. He uh he fell so you know at a certain point you're right everyone does become a value. Yeah, the 15th running back off the board, like I, I think that's his floor even with like regression. So it's like, like you know, yeah, it was 2.11 and and like I said with Edward Tolaire, pairing him with the late running back, I think it's the same thing with Jones pairing him with Saquon Barkley. I think Jones as an RB2 behind Barkley is, you know, you can't get much better than that. Like where we were picking. Right. Exactly. Um, just another question I just thought of. How many how many leagues are you in? I feel like you've got to be in like at least like 15 leagues. Um, this year, let's see, I'm in like my perf league. I've been in with my friends growing up. 
And then I'm probably going to do, like, I think two or three followers like this year. So that'll be like, that'll be, let's say four. And then the experts league with just the accounts and the throne league. And then, so I'd say like between six and eight this year, I'm normally, I normally don't like to go too many leagues. I'd say normally like six is the cap. I normally like to go, but sometimes I just find myself being in like eight leagues, but I definitely, I typically like to, I prefer like five to six leagues, but normally it gets a little bit more than that. But I know, like, I know, like, Smitty's in, like, 2,800 leagues because he starts these new leagues, like, every other day. But I I typically prefer to be in, like – I mean, like, because I'm the – like, I prefer, like, two or three leagues. But just being – running this account comes with multiple leagues by on its own. So when you right. come on that with the leagues with my friends and then, like, a one or two followers league, that's going to rise the number up a little bit. So normally, like, between six and eight every year is what I'm in typically. Your answer described me perfectly. I always get sucked into leagues and I, I always try to keep it low. Like, I think like I prefer like four, um, which I'm going to try this year, but I always, you know, end up in like five or six. Are they all with, are they all with friends or with random people or not random people? Um, yeah, mainly just friends from high school, uh, like adults, like my dad. Um, we're, we're in a dynasty league together. Me, uh, Jack and I, are you in any dynasty leagues? I was in one um, with another fantasy account and followers, and I won the league the first year, and then it fell apart the second year. And so, <laughs> I typically don't like to be in dynasty leagues. Like, like I like they. Sh- I think they should be like you guys with people you know, because if there are people with people you don't know, then you don't know how committed other people are. And right. so, I typically try to like avoid like follower dynasty leagues for that reason. And I'm not in any. I'm in a three keeper league with my friends but yeah. so that's like the closest I've, i'm in right now to a dynasty league yeah I, I love dynasty we started we started um this will be our fourth season doing it yeah. so it's definitely a, a lot of fun if you have the right people committed to it definitely, exactly yeah. i'm a, i'm a, i'm a i'm a contender this year i've, I've built a, a great team i i, I that's why i'm praying the season happens just so yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I i need to win like i've got i've got julio so like I don't know, like he's 30, 31. So like how many, you know, years do I really have of him? And I don't know. I just got to win. I got this. <laughs> it's got to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I think that's all the questions I have. Do you have any other questions, Jack? Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, I think that covers everything I wanted to ask. Um, thank you, Ari, for coming on. I mean, this was awesome talking to you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on again. I'll definitely put the, is this going to be on YouTube and like Spotify or what is this going to be on? Uh, yeah, it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, SoundCloud. So just like those main three. Okay, I'll definitely put it on my story when it's up. So just let me know when it's up. And I'll awesome. Yeah, awesome. My story. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you. Yeah. See you.